0: Welcome to this episode of Through the Educational Looking Glass. I am one of your hosts, Courtney Edelman.
1: And I'm your other host, Don Sturm. We're both in coaching roles in Morton Unit School District 709 in Central Illinois.
0: Thanks for joining us as we try to gain clarity on the variety of topics concerning teachers today.
1: Let's take a closer look at today's topic. Today's topic is looking at reflection as an intentional practice.
0: And we are back from the long Thanksgiving weekend and nearing the end of the semester. It's coming at us fast and furious here. Um, But at this time, I do think it allows us to step back and gain a little bit of perspective on how things have gone the first semester uh, in our classes. And then maybe to look ahead with some goal setting as we reflect on what's what's gone well and what are areas of growth.
1: We have with us uh, Sarah Candela. Um, She works for. I'm going to let her describe her role in in her job, but she works for Swivel, she works for Engageable, all the same company. Um, So welcome, Sarah. You're not in studio. She's actually in Los Angeles right now, but welcome.
2: I'm in the big studio, America's studio,
1: West Hollywood. (laughs) West Hollywood, yeah. Um, And and so tell us, (laughs) go ahead, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: I am a community manager, the community manager, the only one um, for Swivel. I'm kind of getting used to not saying Engageable anymore because we're phasing Engageable sort of away. So (laughs) it's the first time I'm ever introducing myself as a community manager for Swivel because Don knows me as uh, a million other products uh, under the Swivel umbrella. (laughs) So that is um, my main title, but the community that I really spend the time in working and recording for and writing for and talking to teachers all over the internet, as they say, um, for it is called the Optimalist Community. And so that is what I do day in and day out, talk to people, um, bring people together in, I don't know, what have we done? Book clubs, we've done tons and tons of Twitter chats, um, audio spaces, now really focusing on um, building the Optimist Podcast, which really explores all of the topics that Swivel is researching, studying, and using to build our newest products, which are all centered on being, um, being really, really focused on reflective practice. We're calling ourselves a reflective tools company. And so everything that we're doing now is in the direction of moving towards schools that are really taking reflection as, in, as a serious part of assessment, or maybe even eventually the assessment is what we're
1: wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We've got the right person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why we uh, invited you to come on. And, and it's kind of interesting Sarah and I got, <clears throat> excuse me, got to know each other through a friend that I knew on Twitter and then it had met and it was like, hey, mm-hmm. you might want to talk to this woman, Sarah Candela, who's doing this audio thing and you like audio and now we audio. have become um, good friends. So, um, Audio friends. <clears throat> with that, it, and you made me think about something with Swivel. We have a couple of Swivels in our district and before COVID, we were kind of all in on the gym night um, you have mm-hmm. to get rea- you have to have a reality.
0: Yeah, um, get a picture of reality before yes. we can goal set or make that meaningful. Yeah.
1: And so I'd love to hear you talk about how Swivel is continuing that. Um, and so I guess as we start out, maybe a first question is just simply what have you found in your research? And I guess research slash product development it would be.
2: So what we're doing a lot, I mean, I guess 100% of what we're doing now is in association with uh, knowing that schools are stepping pretty fully into this working life with AI. And so we are really trying to think about, we were already calling ourselves a reflective tools company throughout this year as we introduced um, software that's called reflectivity that is what what kind of took the place of some of the some of what you would have been using in conjunction with the swivel robot traditionally. So um, if you're not a swivel robot user, you probably don't know about it. but so we were stepping into this reflective space for teachers and now um, entering into the realm of incorporating AI more fully into the classroom, we're thinking, how can we take reflection and now, map it into some sort of, um, experience that makes it easy to build a routine. So we know that things that we need the most are the hardest to do because they usually are things that need to be repeated and they usually are things that we have to, we don't have to be passionate about them or love them. And I think that that's, what's hard, right? Think of working out. We don't necessarily, depending on whatever you choose as your exercise of choice, you don't necessarily love it the second that you start it. But you do know that when people, you know, I'm a yoga person, and once you get started in something and it becomes a groove and finds a routine, and you know what works for you and when to do it, you know, who you need to be around to feel your all of these things, like, You wind up building a practice. And so we're thinking of reflection in that same way. How does reflection become a practice, a reflective practice that we can build a routine around that we see as something that builds self awareness? um, And then eventually, you know, really becomes the way to work on our metacognition. And so it can help, it helps with everything if you really think of what goes into a good reflection over time. Really going back to what Don was asking about Jim Knight and and his you know original uh, memories of the swivel of old, um, but we're really we were just having we just had a meeting about this yesterday. We're putting goal set, goal setting front and center of that. Like, how as adults do we make goals? Do we make the right goals? Do we make the right decisions when it comes to to, to thinking about how we performed on something uh, or how we performed this week or um how how something that we did or didn't do made us feel and how do we react to that and so thinking about starting kids on that kind of process and refining our own as adults and thinking about what we do right and what we need to need to do better with um, if you think about building that kind of prompting with a student um you know from the time they're young I, I just imagine, I just imagine kids growing up knowing how to not only think about themselves, but to think about their actions, to think about other people's actions around them, to react to each other differently, um, more calmly. There's a lot of things that have gone into building some of our tools, like like Engageable, which was previously Focusable, and like Recharging, and and all the all the things that went into what we were thinking about regarding. Um, mindfulness and SEL that all sort of are seeming to come together in what could we c- accomplish by simply reflecting more. And with what we're building now, we're working on now, we've just launched um, our new tool, Mirror, is with, with Mirror is this idea that we can now take AI and use it way differently in the classroom than I think we're thinking about now. How can we use it to actually create a process where reflection is um, easy for a teacher to assign and make routine, and not have it be like this big project that becomes another thing on her plate that she has to grade or look at or read or listen to. Um, but also tracks the way kids can, uh, kids are thinking, and tracks the way they are progressing or are setting goals or are handling challenges. So. There's a lot that goes into that, but uh, Don asked me one question and I never stopped talking. (laughs) Well, and I was going to say, I mean, this will be the first episode that you start editing.
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, there's a whole lot there in terms of reflective practice. And obviously, you know, to say, you know, do you believe that we can teach reflective practice? The answer would be yes. But I mean, you've just uncovered a whole lot of layers of that reflective, um, practice. What, I mean, can you talk a little bit about some of the most important aspects to, to teach somebody? Cause I think sometimes we think either a person is, you know, a, someone who reflects or they don't. Right. And it yeah. maybe we look at yeah. it as more of an inherent trait or characteristic. Um, but, you obviously believe we can teach that skill. Um, So Mm -hmm. what's the most important? What are some of those important components in order to do that? And also just to add to what you just said there, I think reflection
2: often gets um, these days kind of just pushed into the realm of like journaling. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of us either journal or jot down thoughts or wake up and do a brain dump. And sometimes those things are part of their reflective in nature right that I think that's the how you would categorize them but they're not always um formulated with any kind of structure that leads us to um, working on something that was disappointing us like when I write in my journal I'm not like so today I'm going to fix this <laughs> So you know and so I think we often think that we're reflective because we, maybe write down some thoughts or talk to somebody about our thoughts and and then we just um we let our minds wander a little bit and i think what we're really advocating for is more of a structure so how do you teach somebody to be reflective and we think that part of that a big center of that is a goal and thinking about whether or not is it the right goal for what it is you want to accomplish Um, and then also maybe starting to incorporate specific prompts that get you either going in the right direction or get you moving towards action rather than having you just you know kind of like I was saying just kind of journal style say like well I don't feel good about this I think that I should do it differently and we know that that's like kind of how kids might reflect yeah yeah I didn't like doing this project at the end but, <laughs> right yeah you know so how do we incorporate more specific types of prompting um, to get get us all moving in the right direction where reflection is always connected to the next action um, so if I just if I started off just doing something once a day, you know perhaps by the end of the week I'm going to see that wherever I started on Sunday everything that I talked about in my reflective practice sort of built on one another and it became like at the, maybe at the end of the week it looks like an action plan or I see like wow I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not really great at X, Y, Z when I do this in the morning. I'm better when I do this at three, you know, so it's getting us to think about our behavior. Like, what? how, how do we, p- like, build prompts and questions that, like, get us to think about our behavior, the way we think, um, the things that we're doing. Maybe it goes deeper than that, depending on what you're reflecting on. Maybe you're thinking about your relationships or how you work in a group with others, you know, because you can also start, once you get better at that, you can start incorporating it as group reflection too. So, like, imagine the three of us reflected as a group
0: after this interview. Yeah,
2: yeah. well. <laughs> you know, and you think about, like, you know, I never want to sit in a room with Don again.
1: Okay. You can take that out
2: if you want. <laughs> oh, man. No, but you can see the implications of that if you think about um, – what it, what it means to get better at that individually first, and then what can we work on together as a group and how does that start showing itself?
1: Like, can you give an I, example? The whole time when you were talking, what I was thinking about is what, give me an example of a great prompt to start somebody on a reflective journey because- The whole time, when you were talking at first, I was thinking of a colleague of ours who is our SEL kind of person. And she always makes this statement. I think it comes from Dr. Bruce Perry that a dysregulated adult cannot regulate a dysregulated kid. Yeah. Sort of the same. And it made me think about a person who doesn't reflect probably can't teach reflection. They have to have some guidance as well. So I love yeah. this idea of prompts. So give me an example or two if you can of sure. great prompts. yeah.
2: <clears throat> and I'm gonna give a shout out to Matt Miller here because he just on Monday published this amazing blog that now I'm obsessed with we're obsessed with um, on my team and I haven't uh, I haven't closed it since it since he published it but he he published a blog called Six Ways to Prepare Students for an AI Future. And the reason why I've latched onto it is because, and and it's very lengthy and detailed, but I've latched onto it because it's literally uh, completely aligned with exactly what we're studying and building and talking to people about and writing. And so I'm actually using it it in some of the work that I'm doing right now. But he talks about this exact idea of... um, Kind of moving away from the traditional habit of asking what did you do, and instead ask what why did I do. And so, if you think about what the difference is in just switching that one word when you're talking in terms of a reflective prompt, instead of saying what did you do today, or what did you do, um, you know, what did you do in this project? Ask why did you make that decision, or why did you why did you choose to sit at that table. Um, instead of this one and then it's not that i'm I'm looking for you to answer me and give me the correct answer. I don't care if you tell me. I want you to tell yourself. I want you to think about that for yourself. Why did I sit at that table and not this one? Um, why did I make that decision and not the other or you know you know what I mean? so yeah. switching that word I think is a good way to think, to start thinking in the direction of what, what makes one individual human being, especially a young person start to really become very self-aware. And that's really what we're moving towards. We want to start to build in, in the age of AI, start to build more, um, just cognitive awareness, self-awareness of what we're doing as individual humans, because I think what we've all what we've considered higher level thinking for so long um, can can mostly already be done by a machine. And yeah. so what's the next level we need to think? We need to we like to say we we call it even higher order thinking. That is where we have to be. And it has to be we have to start thinking about what that means now. And reflective practice just might be what helps us get to that next level and find um that that new area that does that I think we kind of associate with like the top top performers now Mm -hmm. right it kind of escapes us like the people we know in any field on earth that are the most focused and they know I can if I can just focus for four hours I'm like unstoppable and then and we sit in awe and look at these people like how do they how do they do that or how do they get to that level or how even athletes you know and I think that we're going to have to start thinking about what makes that level, um, what what it is that gets people there. Because I think we're we're already seeing that we have to, in order for us to maintain our competency, I think in 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 the world, we're going to have to really step it up. And I think that being aware of one's own thinking is going to help us. Um, really, and if you think of this in terms of school, it's kind of mind blowing, but really reach new levels of being able to um, encourage intrinsic motivation. So encouraging that getting, where do we get people motivated? I think it's hard work to, to to get anybody to reflect at a level that is going to make them realize what they should do and shouldn't do intrinsically. Um, but I think that that's the direction that we have to move in. And so that's what we're working on and experimenting with and, and building towards is how do we help teachers find this easy way to incorporate more reflective practice as a routine so that it can build up as a way that you can actually start to look at the reflective practices of all of your students and, and, and make decisions based on what you see them doing. Um, individually.
0: Well, I love the crossover and it's not, not anything I anticipated talking about that crossover from AI to reflection. I think that's fascinating. And then I also want to revisit for just a moment when you mm-hmm. said at the beginning um, that reflection could potentially replace assessment, that the reflection would be, you know, uh, robust enough that that is the <laughs> assessment of a student. I, you know, my cynical teacher side is like, oh, yeah, right. You know, but now as you're talking about it. I know, I still it, think the same thing. <laughs> but as you're talking about it and really even just just changing the nature of that prompt and the idea of Mm -hmm. of what you're asking and really asking somebody to dig into the why of their thought process I mean that would now I can see where assessment would be possible through that so I think that's that's an interesting way of looking at it
2: yeah and not to say that you have to just constantly sound like a like a robot saying but why but But why why? yeah why but why (laughs) <laughs> because what? there's other ways to do it too right you're really just focusing on what's been learned what's been achieved what value even if you're not doing a learning type of reflection like you're looking at why something happened or why i did something or why i thought something yeah. and it's really just asking you to define why whether something whether an experience was positive or negative for you um, whether it felt healthy, did it help you create a healthy habit? Did you learn something that's going to push you towards your next goal? What was your goal? You know, it it just gets you thinking about thinking, and I think that now <laughs> I'm aware that I'm saying think a lot. Well, no, but <laughs> that's you thinking where about thinking, and now I think,
1: <laughs> and that whole idea of metacognition, I it, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, Courtney and I taught together for years. And I think we were both pretty good at that. We would sit down at the, I'm not going to say at the end of every lesson, but at least at the end of every week and like, okay, how did that go? Why did, like, I don't know that we specifically said, why did we do that? But some of the changes we made were because we didn't like the answers to Mm -hmm. the questions that we were asking. So why are we doing this in this class? Well, that's because it was given to us by other people and we're just not on board with that. So what's the result? We're going to change it. And I think it's hard for me to imagine not being reflective. Mm -hmm. But I know that I have to put myself into other people's place and maybe they're not comfortable with it. They're afraid of it because reflection can it can cost you more time yeah because if you really decide i don't like this and i can't keep doing this then you have to make a change and that change might cost you time
2: yeah and i think as a i'm glad you brought that up culturally this is outside of the realm of just education too but like culturally socially we need to be really start to be okay with with slowing down in that way right it's gonna it helps all of this stuff and it goes back to everything we talk about regarding incorporating mindfulness and i mean that is mindfulness knowing just it's mindfulness is just being aware and really what reflective practices is just uh you know be a hyper hyper way of being aware that everything that you do builds, you know, builds the life that you live, like everything that you're yeah. doing today and thinking about, like, if you don't do it, and then you don't do it for a month, um, you know, you kind of can't get mad at yourself because you've chosen that. So <laughs> it's, I don't yeah. know, I'm going into philosophical realms now, but it's like, I, I'm, I'm going to throw something out there that we just kind of were talking about in a meeting yesterday. So I've never said this out loud in front of other humans. So... <laughs> But we're thinking like, think of metacognitive cycles as like the way you would think of, um, of, of like wearing a a step tracker and doing 10,000 steps or 100,000 steps in however many weeks or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And so think of like, what if there's, what if a human being has to do, Uh, 10,000 reflections or metacognitive cycles to get to a level or to reach a minimal threshold to actually be someone who can be considered, uh, like, I don't know, independent, independently, cognitively independent and motivated (laughs) in the age of AI. You know, doesn't that sound, it sounds a little weird, but it actually doesn't sound that far off because we, we, we've not really thought about reflective practice in that way. Yeah. Um, but what if takes like, we've never thought about it. Oh, calculating it. Uh, oh, like tracking how often I reflect. Otherwise, it will sound like me just maybe I open my notes up and I jot down some things every, every day or every few days, but they wind up being wonderings and they're not routine, structured and focused. And so that that's kind of what we're moving towards, like thinking about it in a way that you would think of a fitness tracker you know i i know that i need to do this in order to to reach this goal or to be this this weight or whatever it is that you're doing it for um but we now think that that's normal even yeah. if you don't oh, yeah. wear a fitness tracker everybody talks about steps and counting things like that as if it's like Oh my gosh! You don't do ten thousand steps a day. It's like
1: you don't drink hundred and eighty-five thousand ounces of water a day, <laughs> and, and, and
2: it gets to the point where like I haven't worn a fitness tracker in years, but um, but I did for so long, and I walk so often because I have dogs that um, I know, I kind of know, like mentally how much in a day I've walked, and I'm like, oh, I know I've probably reached like fifteen thousand steps. Like I kind of know yeah. it because I did it for so long repeatedly multiple times a day um so like what if those those cycles of reflection those metacognitive cycles are just as important over your lifespan that you have to build up those cycles that that create creates almost a different type of mental you you're creating a new physical you with tracking your fitness and then tracking your mental clarity your self-awareness all of that stuff even your your um You know your moments of calm like all of those things build into your reflections and so you know what we're really doing is trying to introduce and we're saying socialize this idea of reflection being um something that can be quote unquote automated when you think about you know when you come up have that initial worry of like but it's going to take so much more time or like how am i going to be able to where am i going to put it in the day um but it literally just like anything that we have to get used to. Why it's important, um, you know, you have we sacrifice things that are not serving us, and so we really have to start reflecting on what is what what can be dropped in service of being able to start accumulating these metacognitive cycles that can build us into, I think, the human beings that we're going to need to be. In the next uh, the next age here that we're stepping into, um, but then- yeah, so that that's what the automating reflection really just is about getting it to be almost like automatic in a room in a classroom where a teacher doesn't have to think like oh my gosh I have to I want them to reflect on this like it doesn't become something you just want a kid to think about for two minutes it becomes part of what we do when we when we complete something or start something. We, we sit down and we reflect on it and I talk to myself. Um, and the reason I, I, I keep skirting around saying that because that's what the actual product that we're building, Mirror does, it creates an AI reflected self for you so that you are talking almost to a, a, like a little avatar um, of yourself that asks you prompts back. And so it kind of takes that step away from the teacher having to always be the one asking.
1: So right. I think that's a great way to close. Um, and I will, we always like to leave with reflection questions. And so our first reflection question is how do you embed reflective practice into your work as an educator?
0: And next, how do you teach and encourage reflection as a practice for your students? And finally, what is one area of your practice that would benefit from intentional reflection?
1: And Sarah, we do really appreciate you coming in and uh, being willing to be interviewed.
0: Yeah, thank you so much
2: for your time today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And um, this has been really fun. A A good nice wake up for me in the morning.
1: One of our main goals of this podcast is to create meaningful connections. If you'd like to share your responses to the questions, we'd love to listen.
0: This can be done through the Google form that we have linked through the public site on Anchor or through Anchor's voice response option. Additionally, consider sharing your thoughts with a colleague or an instructional coach to open up meaningful dialogue.
1: We have enjoyed taking this journey with you
0: through the educational looking glass.